Fueled by Temperance Spirits, Edmonton's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Order online for doorstep delivery. Welcome back, Oilers fans. Would you believe it if I said in the year of our Lord 2023, Sam Gagne would have two goals as an Edmonton Oiler? It's wild. I can't believe it. Uh, it's a highlight point on a pretty poopy game. <laughs> Zach, yeah. what are your thoughts? I mean, all in all, like if this game ended 50 minutes in, I would have been furious. Still, I am really upset. Uh, obviously, seeing Sam Ghani score not one but two goals was awesome to see. He's like outscored the entire bottom six in what, six minutes, eight minutes, whatever. I don't know, 13 minutes of ice time that he got tonight um yeah not very happy this was a pretty bad game from a number of people i'm sure we'll get into all of it tonight but obviously seeing sam gone score seeing the excitement from him the crowd everything uh yeah that was a that was definitely nice to see it made me feel a little bit better but obviously this team's still two six and one like we got yeah. there's a lot to talk about there's uh, a lot of positives but a lot of things that we need to be addressed and make no mistake, right? Like the Dallas Stars are a good team. They are, oh, an, of course, they are a dominant team in the Central Division. It doesn't matter if they're in the back-to-back situation with Calgary. They sure didn't come out of it looking like they were playing back-to-back nights. And uh, Wedgwood, last last game, he last game against the Oilers, he beat us last season, and this season he's done it again. Like it's not just getting goalied by Ottinger. We we have some serious problems against this sort of Dallas offense. Well, and uh, I don't know, man, because like if you look at the goalies, and just, just like if you're talking about Wedgwood specifically, like Wedgwood had what an 883 coming into the game. Like he hadn't played fantastic this season. The others were already shut out by Jonathan Quick, who was the worst goalie in the in the NHL last year. Like they should be capable of scoring more than one goal in the first two periods or whatever on Scott Wedgwood. They weren't able to finish anything. Brown had a number of chances. When was the last time we saw Leon Drysdale miss, what, four one-timers from his spot in the, in, in, on the power play with an empty net or even He's five never on five? Go wide. Like, exactly. Well, you know, they go, it goes wide from time to time. But I, I don't think he hit the net once. Like, yeah, there were yeah. so many uncharacteristic plays. McDavid looked not McDavid-like at all. This is one, another, like, one of the worst games we've seen from him, but like he obviously hurt. Obviously Feels like hurt. he's he definitely obviously rushed back. Hurt. We did not see him pick up the puck in the in his own zone and rush it up ice with speed like we usually see when he's healthy. Like two, three, four times a game. Didn't see that once a day. The only time McDavid ever made moves with the puck was when the Oilers were up a man on the power play. And he kind of had a lean to the net. It wasn't necessarily contest contested. Uh, he's clearly hurt now. Yeah. And, and and that's a big problem because you look at this game and there's a number of ways you can go and point. You can say, okay, McDavid and Drossel were pointless in a game, in a one goal game that the Oilers lost. Uh, the, Stuart Skinner letting some goals or at least one goal where you can that say he you should not that. have let in. That is another goal. You you can go up and down and point to many different reasons and say, okay, this is why they lost. That's why they lost. Evan Bouchard on the Rupe Hints goal that made it 4-1 was literally standing there. Like, Just I, I've coasting been back. All season. Like, come on. Where's the awareness? That was garbage. That's Justin Schultz at the end of his 10-year level <laughs> crap. Like, we cannot be seeing from Evan Bouchard. And look, we'll we'll get into all of this and more. Obviously, we'll talk Gagne. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the players, Dallas and Edmonton. But, uh, but first, want to welcome back to Game Over Edmonton our friends. 
Temperance Spirits, the city's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Visit Temperance online for a curated selection of non-alcoholic options. Choose from a variety of craft beers, mocktails, wines, and spirits. Temperance isn't just a retailer. It's a community of Edmontonians who celebrate the spirit of socializing without the need for alcohol. And with Temperance Spirits' online shop, ordering your favorite non-alc bevies or right to your door is as easy as Connor scoring the winning goal, just not tonight. Uh, find our partners at Temperance online at www.temperance-spirits.com for delivery to your door and use the code STPN for 10% off your order at checkout. Give them follow on Instagram and Facebook as well at Temperance Spirits. And once again, use the code STPN for 10% off your order at checkout. Zach, we awesome. are back. Look, yeah, it, there's there's a lot to complain about, and there's there's so we'll much work that this Oilers team needs to do before we can really start calling them back. But uh, let's let's start with a, a good point tonight, right? We'll talk about Sam Gagne first and foremost. Uh, mm-hmm. Third tour of duty. Like, what can third you say about duty. this legend? Oh, man, he was one of my favorite Oilers back in the 12-13 season. Uh, he was a legend. I thought he was going to be captain. I'm, like, I'm sure everyone did. Everyone heard that rumor. Uh, just a legend. Connor Brown nicknamed him Papa Oiler today, and I think that suits him well. I think there's not there, there's not one person in the city who dislikes Sam Gagne, and obviously you kind of had the expectations of, okay, he's kind of like another Derek Ryan here on the fourth line. He's in the twilight of his career. He's going to come in. He's going to be a, a lot of vibes, a lot of good energy, uh, that type of stuff, but oh my God, did he exceed my expectations? I don't know what kind of hip surgery he had, but oh my God, he looked rejuvenated. Is he the fastest player in the world? Absolutely oh, not. Right. But you know what the difference, what he had that a lot of the Oilers haven't had so far this season? It's effort. It's that extra Drive. opportunity. It's creating your own luck. We can sit here and we can bitch and complain about, oh man, you know what? And I did, made, did this earlier. Oh, the Oilers are getting PDO to hell. The shots from McLeod, Holloway, whatever. They're not going in. McDavid, even McDavid and Dressel, not going in. They're not. Darnell Nurse, Evan Bouchard, three posts tonight in the second period. They're all, all they're just getting so unlucky, so unlucky. Oh man, Skinner, how could he have that? How could he have it's that? One. Oh man, Evan Bouchard, defense, blah, blah blah. But Sam Gagne said, "Fuck all that. I'm gonna <laughs> do it myself. I'm gonna work as hard as I absolutely can, and I am going to create." Sam Gagne sh- should not be expected, and I don't think anyone did expect him to score two goals tonight. Uh, but Sam Gagne came in, he worked his ass off, just like Evander Kane, who has been the last yeah. two, three games, has worked his ass off. And those two were the Oilers' best players tonight. I never thought in my life I would say Kane and Gagne were the Oilers' best players in a sing- in an NHL hockey game. It Again, feels ridiculous. Is this 07? Is this, like, what the, year the is London this? Knights? Exactly. It, it doesn't even make, it doesn't make any sense. Then that might be a sign of bigger things, but... Oh my God, Sam Gagne, man! When he scored that first goal, that wasn't that wasn't like a, a Cody CC goal to to get the game within three. You know, this isn't Chris Paul drills a three to cut the lead to forty two. This that was a much bigger, more meaningful goal. And I think obviously they didn't get, they didn't end up getting the comeback tonight because Scott Wedgwood ended up playing out of his mind because you know too little, too late. Uh, but yeah, that was awesome to see. What do you think of Gagne's return? I mean, he's a legend here in oil country, right? And this is the wild thing. For the last couple of games, you know, minus the Heritage Classic, where we've lost, we've talked about the fact that 
with this Oilers team going down two feels like the game is over, right? It feels like this is it. There's there's no hope of a comeback. When Gagne scored his uh, first goal, the um, the four two goal, it suddenly felt like there was a chance. There was hope. Okay. And you could see it, it was an effort style play where the building felt alive. You the, yeah, the building collapsed with all, all the ruckus. And here's the thing: we saw earlier in the game there were a lot of net front chances. Right there, there were guys charging the net. There were guys trying to get sticks on loose pucks. But something about this Dallas defense they they get their sticks into lane they get their bodies into the lane they just prevent that final little tap in and wedgwood came up big like you mentioned a couple of times but when you looked at that versus gagne's goal when gagne was just absolutely laying himself out there on the line that was incredible you could feel the determination you could feel the effort coming from his body and once that happened you could see that celebration from Gagne as well like that that's going to be one of the all-time celebrations I think in uh his his tenure uh, when we look at the third the third goal right again that was something that we didn't see capitalizing earlier on in the game. These two-on-one chances, Dallas didn't give up many of them, and the Oilers just had absolutely no finish. But Gagne, again, it wasn't like a very clean play. He just kind of got a little bit of a stick on it, and it trickled past Wedgwood a little bit. It doesn't have to be pretty. And Gagne is showing that if you just put in a little extra effort, even coming off of like a double hip surgery, if you put in the amount of effort, you will get rewarded for it. Yeah, it's that never say die attitude. It's that that you know you bring he Sam Gagne played this game like he like one of those oil rig workers that showed up to the Heritage Classic. I don't know where any of them were tonight because a lot of them were at not nowhere to be found. But Sam Gagne worked hard. He got he went deep when he got the opportunity to play with skill players. Who whether he was playing with Derek Ryan, it didn't matter. He was always creating. He was always noticeable on the ice. He looked awesome. I hope we get to see more of San Gagne. I, I know he's old, but I really hope he can keep it up because th- that's the type of player that the Oilers need in their bottom six. Way too many people, at, it, at least to me, seems like they feel like they just have the have their roster spot given to them, have their spot on their line given to them, and no matter what they do, they're never going to be taken off that line. Sam Gagne is someone who came in, he worked really hard, and it, it was very noticeable, and he created his own luck. And we sat there for two periods hearing, oh man, the Oilers are playing well. Man, if you if you had not watched any other Oilers game and watched just tonight and listened to the broadcast, but, but based on what Jack and Louie were saying, like you would think Connor Brown has six goals this season. You would think Ryan McLeod has five goals and six assists this season. They're talking about how everyone is playing so well, and that line's going, and this line's going, and that line's going. But you look, and you're like, okay, well, their box score seems to me to say 0 zero zero for the last five games, zero 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 zero. Like we need more from so many passengers and like there's a bunch of issues on the defense. I think the forwards, it's really, really tough. Now we don't know, obviously uh, halfway through the second period, Connor Brown took a shift, got off the ice real gingerly, never ended up coming back. Went on the ice, tested out uh, at a TV timeout, but never ended up coming back. So obviously the others might have a problem here. They already can't afford to call up anyone else without sending anyone down. Um, if they were to call someone a forward up, they would have to send down Philip Broberg. He doesn't mm-hmm. require waivers, uh, I believe. Uh, this might be his yeah, last he year is waiver, waiver exemption. Still. 
Okay, so yeah, there's an interesting thing there. So Connor Brown's out. No one knows for how long. No one knows if he'll be out at this point. We'll see what Jay Woodcroft says in his press conference. If someone in the chat could let us know what he says, that would be awesome. But like, I mean, Philip Rober going down, honestly, might not be the worst thing because honestly, he's not looked good at all this year. Like, it's been rough. He's been borderline unplayable. Like, he's had his good games and he's had his terrible games. And tonight was one of those awful ones. Obviously, that second period giveaway, it, it just deflated the building, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we talked about older players. I, I Some props to Joe Pavelski. Like, the, the man is almost 40. Is he already 40? He's, like, around that range. Yeah, he, he is just an old man walking around in the NHL. And he's still, he got up on that three-on-one. He was able to capitalize. Um, awful for Broberg, obviously. The, the decision to change after giving away the puck in the neutral zone. That was really the big issue, right? Well, we, if, if you're going to do that, get it deep. You know, yeah. like if you don't get it deep, don't change. What the hell is wrong with you? What are you doing? You you were drafted five yeah. years ago. You're not 18 years old anymore. It's put up or shut up. I, I, I honestly, I feel like the time to trade Philip Broberg was last year. But yeah. if I don't think Philip Broberg should be put on this uh, roster, even in pencil anymore. It's okay. You send him to Bakersfield. You call up the forward. You start working the phones. You move him for whatever you can. Even Honestly, even if it's a pick, you get the cap space and you can reallocate that to whether you, you don't need the highest end defenseman, but you look to me, the, the, what the Oilers need in that, in, in, in that seventh defenseman spot is like when Alex Petrangelo got suspended for Vegas last year, they plugged in Ben Hutton. Ben Hutton stepped in. Minimum guy stepped in perfectly, did not miss a beat. Can mm-hmm. Philip Broberg come into the lineup when the Oilers are playing six defensemen in the playoffs and not miss a beat? Absolutely not. He would need to be sheltered and protected. And still, he would come up with like a 30% expected goals for a couple giveaways and, you know, get walked by Mason Marchment or something, right? Well, like, look look at the, the ice time, right? Like, as soon as that giveaway happened, the Joe Pavelski goal was at 3 minutes and 25 seconds in the second period. Broberg did not play a single shift in the second period from that point on. In the third period, he played two shifts. Like, why go 11 and 7? And like you mentioned, Connor Brown was already out. He was already out in this game. And Broberg is is in on this 11 and 7. He's technically now they're down to to 10 forwards. Broberg is not playing at all. You're going 10 and 6, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is just a, an unbelievable situation where Woody was known for giving chances to the young guys, giving elevated chances and responsibility. But we've seen, uh, sorry, I missed what you said, but we, we saw with... Um, with Dylan Holloway, we've seen with Philip Broberg, we've seen with Raphael Lavoie not getting called up. There's There seems to be a change. Like, now Woody seems to have his guys, right? There was a time when DeHarnay was slumping hard, but he still kept getting into the lineup. Yanmark is obviously out right now, but I have a feeling as soon as he's back, he's going to get his, his spot again in the lineup. And it just doesn't make sense to me. Unearned. Like Yanmark has not done a thing positive this season to earn himself. You can't, there's not one thing that Yanmark does that you can point to and say, okay, that's why Matisse Yanmark is on the Edmonton Oilers roster. I hear rumors that he's a good penalty killer, but I have yet to see it this year. The Oilers penalty killer sucked, whether he's in the lineup or out of the lineup. So I don't really know what that is. Uh, one thing you talked about, like Dylan Holloway for a little bit. And again, I thought he, he was really good. He's around the puck, hasn't been able to convert like so many of 
others in the Oilers' bottom six. Uh, but I do think that we're kind of running into this problem from last year where Woodcroft is slowly sliding back into that over-reliance on a couple of guys. And you just look at the ice time tonight. Leon Drysaddle played 25-58. McDavid, 25-35. Dugan Hopkins, 24-02. Evander Kane, almost 23 minutes. Hyman, almost 23 minutes. Like, you can't be doing that in the regular season consistently. You have to balance it out. You need to get those guys involved. When Jay Woodcroft was first brought in, Derek Ryan sat at a press conference and said after the game, said, oh, we all know our roles. We're getting playing time. I feel like I'm involved in the game. I'm not just sitting on the bench. And now we're falling back into this Dave Tippity. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, Philip Robert tonight only played five minutes and 46 seconds. Like, what's the point of dressing him? And I understand that they're in this situation right now, specifically this situation well, because of Ken Hall and because they know no salary cap space and they have guys who aren't hurt enough to be on LTIR or IR and they can't call up a player. So they're kind of forced to dress these short rosters, these 11 and seven rosters. But if Connor Brown is hurt, all of a sudden you have to send Berber down and you're still, you still would be going, I believe 11 and six. Um, even if you send Broberg down, because you literally can't afford to dress a 12th skater, um, which is. No, so that's uh, pretty, pretty shitty. Um, this is if, if Brown isn't injured enough to go on IR. But like, yeah, right. it's just it's just unacceptable. Like, I, again, I, I saw some people starting to slowly point the figure at 97 and 29 tonight saying, OK, the Oilers best players have not been their best players and whatever. And I have a tough time doing that because I, I know, again, we all know McDavid's injured. We all know what he's capable of when he's healthy. We all have seen Leon Dreisaitl go supernova in the playoffs and a, a million times when he's healthy, like. Sometimes you do have off nights. You always still put up 49 shots on goal. I think getting goalie by Scott Wedgwood is still unacceptable. Like, and again, this kind of kind of all points at the problem that I was talking about. And a lot of people didn't like it because again, if you look at the stars goals, the first goal that they scored on the two on one by Duchesne, I think Skinner should have had that. It was a shot on a two on one 20 feet out nurse kind of took away the pass, whether you like him on his stomach or not, he kind of took away the pass, gave Skinner the shooter. Duchesne beats him clean in under the five hole. It's mm -hmm. one nothing, right? Then the second goal was a odd man rush from the stars. Um, I think it was Hintz scored that one. The then Pavelski one, right? The P Pavelski, Pavelski. That was a three on one off of that change. From okay, so Robert. so two of them are three on one. So it's the four yeah. on one. The four on one was a three on one, and then the three one was on the stars power play. They're two for twenty three all year. Of course, you knew a goal was coming at that point, and. I don't know if it goes, if Darnell Nurse puts it in his own net. I don't know what Stuart Skinner's doing there. Like, again, I'm not a goalie guy, obviously, like I, but I've watched enough hockey. And again, you, you, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if you think I'm crazy. But like, if Stuart Skinner's just set in the position or at the top of his crease, does the puck not just hit him? Like, what's he doing sliding from side to side there? I don't understand the thought process. That was such a light tip. And we saw the puck kind of bounce off Kulak earlier in the second. And Skinner came sliding across and made a, what looked to be a really big glove save. Like, I don't know if that's the move that he was going for or what was going on in that play. But to me, the first goal and the third goal, the Stars goal, got shouldn't have gone in. Even if you want to say the third one was more so luck than bad goaltending, there's still... Every single game, we sit here at the end of the night and we say, okay, this goal shouldn't have gone in. 
that goal shouldn't have gone in. And then, then you have other people saying, well, if you look, Evan, and again, I fully agree that on the 3-1 goal, Evan Bouchard made an atrocious right. play. But if you look at some of the goals, you can say, okay, well, wh- why was Darnold Nurse here? Why was it, why the Oilers shouldn't have given up this odd man rush there? They shouldn't have done that. But no one, like, not every single high danger chance is a goal. Like for Dallas, look at look at the amount of chances at, at the end the Oilers got. There, there was that tip in the slot, I believe, by Kane with like 30 seconds left. And Wedgwood made an amazing save. Didn't mm-hmm. was just in position. The puck hit him, but that was a really, really, really tough save. At the end of the night, Scott Wedgwood finishes with 2.55 goal saves above expected, and Stuart Skinner finishes with 0.98 goals uh below expected right so you let mm. uh, an extra goal than you know an average goalie or whatever uh would have uh, is expected to to let in with the amount of quality and number of chances that he faced so it's just and, that's the frustrating thing to me. yeah like the oilers were so do- obviously in the third they're incredibly dominant but throughout the entire game the oilers were getting way more chances it was just every transitional sort of play that that the stars did was so dangerous and it led to i think directly two goals like you mentioned um yeah we'll we'll give that issue to to bouchard honestly bouchard other than the gliding back on that uh fourth goal for the stars i think he he was always buzzing in the offensive zone it just didn't go his way today right like three posts in the second period there three posts three posts just such insane like that like yes that is puck luck that is puck luck i understand but when that puck hits the post crash a net create a second opportunity there's this i'm gonna die on the hill that this was a winnable game the oilers Mm -hmm. were by far the better team by far the better team tonight they created more opportunities they created they they possessed the puck much longer in the offensive zone. They had the better quality of opportunities. It felt like every single decent opportunity, every odd man rush that the Dallas Stars got ended up in the back of the net. It's unfortunate. It really sucks. And the thing is, now that again, the Oilers are two, six, and one. If the Oilers were five, three, and two or whatever, and we're sitting here saying, okay, bad game, bad luck. Leon's gonna be off, Connor's gonna be off for a couple games. That's one thing. I get it. They have two wins on the season. Is Calgary a playoff team? Absolutely not. Is Nashville a playoff team? I don't believe so. They've beaten two pretty rough opponents. Every other team, there's a game. There's a million excuses as to why they mm-hmm. lost, whether it's the defense, the goaltending, the forwards. It's an, enough is enough. This was a team that was put at the top of the standings by every single person before the season. I truly believed in my heart that this was the best Oilers or best roster the Edmonton Oilers have had, what, since 1986? honestly clearly like, yeah like and, honestly and other than the cup winning teams it's yeah. it's so disappointing to see like it, there's there's other things too it's none of these on its own are the defining factor of why the Oilers are losing but like Ekholm doesn't look as good as he was last season right that's like a conversation right there I that's another Ekholm is another conversation me and you can have uh before we continue on one thing I do want to say we got 60 people watching we only got 16 likes I want to say up What's up to Black Massacara, Wise Kalasal, Eric Tanner, MGD, David W., Michael Kirkpatrick, Black Massacara joining us from Germany, uh, Abby, a Bruins fan, joining us tonight. Tons of people in the chat. I appreciate you guys. Shaden, obviously, he's going to be on next game. Uh, Travis Sautner, 
uh talking about waving connor brown which even i don't think uh we i don't think we should do that but whatever that's another conversation audi even joining us to listen to me bitch and complain or whine us complain as he was uh saying earlier so thank you very much for joining us tonight if you guys want to go ahead hit like uh we really appreciate it uh because obviously we don't have much to smile about other than that uh just regards to matias echo i think that's Mm. a conversation I think this is something that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. And I understand, and the, for the caveat in the context here is, Matias Echo missed all of training camp uh, with a hip injury. Uh, he missed the first game of the season with a hip injury, kind of jumped in probably too early. Uh, but this is not even close to the Matias Ekholm that we saw last season. The Oilers, when Matias Ekholm joined, he was a revelation. It was like getting prime Oscar Kleckbaum back, honestly. Mm-hmm. He was so good on both ends of the ice. He was dominant offensively. He was dominant defensively. When he was on the ice, the Oilers were not trapped in their own zone. He was making he was helping the Oilers exit the zone immensely. And, and so we many haven't sm- seen any of that. So many season. smart little plays from Ekholm, right? Remember yeah. last year, one of the early, early games that Ekholm played in, the little push on Nuge to get him. A little bit faster towards the uh, speeding back into the defensive zone. And that took away a chance. I can't remember what game that was, but that was a big highlight such early on into his Oilers tenure. But Ekholm this season, like you said, he's he's obviously had to work through a couple of things. But right now it's already like the season's ticking away, right? It's we're two, six and one at, at this yeah. point. If he's not feeling good enough, he's, he's just average right now. And by no mind, I'm not saying he's bad. He's not having like a terrible season, but he's just not the same as last year. And not even close. I, I almost feel like it's, it's not like necessarily a physical thing that he's recovering from, not like really a, a an injury issue. It feels like the game has almost changed for him mentally. And I think we can talk about the defensive system again, because tonight as well, I thought the system looked very different. Obviously, um, they're getting better. Like they're getting they, they better. are understanding it more. They had two days of practice. They come into this game. They're getting better with the system. They are giving up the same quantity of chances that we saw in the game against Minnesota that we saw in the first game against Vancouver, right? They're getting better in the defensive zone. And Dallas obviously is a really, really, really good team. So that in and of itself is a positive. Now it, it becomes a problem when you aren't able to generate any offense. Like Sam Gagne was the guy who generated uh, most of your offense. Evander Kane was your best forward tonight. If Evander Kane's the Oilers best forward, their odds are, like, it's a great thing to see. Thank God Kane's coming back. Like, we need Evander Kane to play well. But odds are, if Kane is the best forward, the Oilers aren't going to win many hockey games. They need Connor McDavid or Leon Drasadil to be one of the best players in the hockey game every single night. That wasn't the case tonight, and they lost. And Nuge has not been good this season either. Like, you- something's, something's up with Nuge. Like, I thought Nuge had that bad game against Minnesota. But honestly, if I'm looking tonight, like, I thought Nuge was fine. Like, I didn't have a problem with Nuge. I thought he played pretty well. He had an assist. He wasn't on the ice for a goal against, it looks like. Um, I, I thought Nuge played fine, to be honest with you. I don't think – I thought Hyman was quieter tonight. But, again, that kind of comes with all the other top guys being quiet. Nuge is going to put up a lot of points on the power play, even though Nuge's point did come 5-on-5 five five tonight, which was very nice to very see. Very nice. Um, But, like, looking at it, though, right, th- this is – what I mentioned was just the the fact that it's not 
one factor of these of these players having a down season or anything like that that's killing the team it's the fact that they're all having this down sort of time at the same time right like new just fine like Ekholm's doing fine Hyman's doing fine it's like no one's really performing to the level that we saw in the past where if one person cooled down we would have someone else being able to take their place right that next man up mentality and, and you know what makes a lot of people I think I think the perception with Nuge kind of comes and goes with through all this power play and again yeah I mean tonight you look the Oilers were 0 for 4 on the power play they had opportunities to score if the Oilers score at least even one power play goal different game completely right the fact is they go over four dallas scores in 23 seconds on their first one uh and obviously there was kill off a, a later one but it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day they are 50 percent on the penalty kill uh penalty kills atrocious special teams are atrocious and for, the, for uh, a big part of his identity last year was special teams they were not a five-on-five team obviously the goal was to become a much better five-on-five team i mean has that happened i i don't think so i think the results kind of speak for themselves but the fact that the Oilers' power play has kind of fallen apart from when we saw in that LA King series in the first round, where they were like 65% on the power play or something obscene like that. Like it, it, it obviously they're going to get better. Like we saw in the last power play, they replaced Hyman with Kane. And honestly, that was deserved. Like Kane has been, was their best forward. And I understand why they do that. Now, then when we saw the second unit out, they even Gandhi on that second unit was generating chances. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I still do not understand the unwillingness to put Dylan Holloway on that second unit power play because the zone entries, watching Darnell Nurse and Matias Eklund try and enter the zone on that power play is just atrocious. Pretty much they have Ryan McLeod or it's getting dumped in and you're hope to recover the puck. Like Dylan Holloway is another guy who can skate the puck in and get, help you maintain possession on that second unit, even if you are only on ice for 30 seconds. Because we saw in those 30 seconds on the second, I believe it was the second power, but they did generate a decent amount of chances. They just couldn't, they couldn't do anything. Like there was a number, this was a winnable game from so it many was. different aspects, from goaltending to the play of your defense, to the play of your forwards, to the play of your power play. If you do one, if you do do anything in any of those aspects, slightly better, score a goal on the power play. It's a completely different game. We saw them turn on late. I think that's one of the most frustrating things. Mm-hmm. But honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, the guys that turned it on were Sam Gagne and Evander Kane. It wasn't McDavid and Drysaddle. Aside from that last two minutes with the goalie pulled, the flurry, right? like, yeah but like here's the situation I can't, right? even, I can't even get mad i can't even, like it's just expected honestly at this point like it, sorry it I feels know. it feels like it was so winnable compared to like other like the minnesota game the minnesota game felt horrendous right it was just it, it's over this game's over but with dallas this game seemed so winnable and you can see that the team is getting better like they're slowly and gradually making improvements i thought again with a new defensive system kind of maybe fresh in their minds after the practice the um the the breakouts were a lot better right like there were a few rejections still and and they ended up getting back into their own zone again but the breakouts were a little bit better i thought the board pressure was really nice on the sideboards they were winning a lot of those battles um there's there's so much to be desired still though and again with the two six and one the key is you have to win like if you win games and they're ugly fine but you're winning games you're getting points if you're not exactly. winning games and you win in the effort or the, the win-a-meter right if you win on the win-a-meter which they've but been lose winning. on the ice 
they've been winning the deserve to win a meter. That's the that's one of the frustrating parts. It's like, okay, you're playing well enough. You have it. You're just making these brain dead mistakes. You're not finishing. Like, like I understand that the Oilers aren't the best of finishers outside mm. from 97 and 29. Even 97 and 29 are not finishing like they were last year. Um, or just have their entire careers up until this point. But it's really, really frustrating to watch some of the mistakes and some of the things that are plaguing this team this year because they are so uncharacteristic and they really shouldn't be plaguing this team this year. But you look like Vegas hasn't lost in regulation. Vegas is up 4-2 on Winnipeg. Vancouver's winning 8-0 over San Jose. LA won, beat the Leafs last night, I believe. Uh, I can't remember if LA's playing tonight or not. My LA beat Ottawa tonight. Well, LA beat Ottawa. So again, all the Pacific teams lose. You fall two points further back in the standings. You're about the 10 points behind Vegas now. Like, it's not looking good. You can dig yourself such a deep hole. We saw for so many years in the decade of darkness, they always dig themselves this hole. And that's why I can't, like, if the Oilers would have lost 4-1, I don't know if that if but if it was the Sam Gone goal that just made me be like, oh well, you know what? I got a little excited and the game felt <laughs> more fun. But if it was just lethargic and they ended up losing 4-1, maybe I would have been a little more fiery, a little more angry on this post-game show. But like I can't even bring myself up to get mad because honestly, like, yeah, they beat the Flames and I and I felt really good about the Oilers at that point. But like, was this not just a little bit expected after I saw the first after I saw the first period? Like you kind of just saw this happening the way every single game it feels like has been going this year. Like, oh, we're going to blame puck luck. Oh, you know what? Skinner's going to let in a shitty goal. Oh, the power play is just not going to score. Uh, McDavid looks just at hurt. Like, he looks like, like I, I, honestly, I want, I if McDavid plays, like, McDavid shouldn't play if he looks like this again. If he's hurt. He should not right? play for a while. And and honestly, and that goes even with Ekholm too. Like, I am still at the point where I would, sit out Matias at home if to he's make hurt, sure he's 100 yeah. because you mm-hmm. saw the impact that he made last year and and the hole that the others had in the second pairing left side and it almost it doesn't feel like it's back this year because Matias at home even though he's hurt is still serviceable but he's not having near the same impact that he was able to have last year when he was fully healthy so yeah really really frustrating mm-hmm. stuff Frustrating game, but hey, you know what? There's a couple of good points. But first, let's uh, let's get into the presser to end the yeah, show. Absolutely. Uh, let I, I caught I jotted down a couple of questions from chat. I probably have missed. Oh no, I I can scroll up a little bit oh, and I can Ethan find where these were. The oh, Ethan Ethan brought up something interesting. He said, "Do they start Stu on Saturday?" Okay, yep. yeah. So this this was another thing that I was thinking about because okay, this is Jack. This is Stuart Skinner's third start in the row. Mm-hmm. Third start in a row. That I I, I was kind of shocked that Jack didn't start tonight, even though Jack hasn't been really good so far this season. It's really th- that was a red flag to me almost because it's that's showing me that once again we're back at a point where the they do not have, no matter what anyone says publicly, they do not have faith in Jack Campbell to go out there and give you a 900 save percentage or better. They did not have faith in Jack Campbell. Now, Stuart Skinner played good in the Battle of Alberta, but the whole thing was you gotta keep rolling, you gotta have a tandem, you gotta, you gotta have both guys going at all times. They had a number of days off. I was really surprised. They're like now, if you go, if this is if Campbell doesn't if Campbell starts on Saturday, which I imagine he will, he wouldn't have started for what eight days now, something like that, because he hasn't played this would be his he would have missed the last three games. So it's really weird almost to keep a goalie on the bench cold for that long. 
to me and is it fair uh, to him as well i think right? I, I yeah and I, I, well i mean based on his play i think it is fair but i do th- I, I think it's a red flag to me saying that the oilers once again eight games or nine games in the season now don't trust jack campbell to be their goalie and the thing is Stuart skinner right now and and, and i know i've been hard on him i've been very hard on him this year because mm. i don't care who's in that i truly don't it could be scott wedgwood i really don't care i just want a 900 save percentage and average goal heading because the oilers with even that would have a significantly better record than they do thus far and they they, they haven't gotten that and they're it's one of the reasons as to why they're in the hole and Stuart skinner like he's in this position because the oilers paid jack campbell five and point two five million dollars to come That's in where we're and stuck. be an above average starter and he is incapable of doing it yet again and the oilers are scrambling to protect him and they're scrambling and they're putting skinner in a position that he probably shouldn't be in like skinner what just turned 20 five like uh, somewhere around there honestly right young the fact that skinner was able to take them as far as he did last uh playoffs was a miracle right you you threw this untested goaltender into the big league and then you rode him for so many games right Mm -hmm. and and the fact that it panned out was great but now you're seeing a little bit of a recession or a regression on skinner's part and Campbell's still not good enough. Like, he still hasn't recovered. So, early on in the season, like, we were so hyped about Campbell coming back. He was feeling good. Preseason looked good for Campbell. And then, all of a sudden, like, three games? How many games did he actually play? Four games? Campbell? Yeah. This year, he played the first game. He did not play the second game. He played the second game. I believe, yeah. He There's only played. nine games. So it's four yeah, he would have played four because Skinner four had a record. Or no, Skinner played four, so Campbell would have played five. Oh, now I got to check the game log. Whatever it might be, four or five games, and you've mm-hmm. completely shot the oh. confidence in Jack Campbell again, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's now borderline unplayable again. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah. Like, it, at the same time, right, there's, there's, there's more factors. It's just that goaltending is not helping them out at all. Um, the other question i wanted to get to they've played mcdavid and dreisaitl on the same line a couple times now <clears throat> do you believe that we should split mcdavid and dreisaitl for the next game yes but the cat like obviously yes 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 so i really do i think evander kane's playing phenomenal zach mm-hmm. hyman and ryan Janovkins for the most part i think on that line like that line to me once again like they looked really good in the playoffs against vegas that line struggled but they shouldn't have even been together in the first place and that's a whole other conversation so that's why i believe if McDavid is healthy, he should 100% be centering his own line. If McDavid is not healthy, he should not be in the line. Like, like that. that's where I'm at. Playing them together, like, no points. What is the point of putting your two most dynamic weapons in the NHL on the same line and having them both get shut down? Mm-hmm. Like, spread the wealth out. You got to stop just loading up one line, playing them 25 minutes a game. We, it, it, this is insanity. We've seen this fail. Different coaches have tried it. Hitchcock, uh, McClellan, uh, McClellan. It kind of works for McClellan, but <laughs> Dave Tippett, Jay Woodcroft. They fall into the same stupid trap of playing these guys together. A team figures out how to quiet them down, even limit them to, and it didn't happen this game, but limit them to one or two goals. And then you keep the rest of the others quiet because all of the offense is put on one or two lines. And, and the rest they get caved in. Flounder, and then you lose in the playoffs. 
This is not a recipe for success. But I thought the Oilers would be doing this year is kind of building these habits early on to kind of work their way into the playoffs, keeping their goals against low, maintaining a five-on-five offense. Like, I thought they would be building these, but I should have seen it when he started playing these guys together in the preseason. But, like, they've just kind of fallen into the trap of all these problems and these conditions that have ailed them in years past and they're not getting away from it and and and, and they need to because there's no way and and yes you can go and beat a team like calgary and you could go and beat a team like nashville with mcgavin and guys good. It up. but when you play a team like dallas and they oh and and did they have their best game again tonight no mm-hmm. but a team like dallas a team like vegas a team like colorado can limit their opportunities they can cl- shut that line down and have that line only score two goals in a game, which is shutting that line down. So if you have a team that can do that, you you shouldn't like you shouldn't put yourself in that position. You've got to be spreading the wealth. Look at the top three lines on Vegas. Look at the top three lines on LA. So Look much the, depth. It's completely night and day from what we mm-hmm. see on this team. And I like the players that the Oilers have. I actually really do. You wouldn't think that by what I'm saying. But you the way they're being deployed right now, both minutes-wise and just pure lines-wise, it, it doesn't make sense, and it's not a recipe for success. The longer you, again, you're going to beat the Ottawa's, you're going to beat the San Jose's, you're going to put up points there. But when you play your Dallas's and your Colorado's, this is how you lose to them. Mm-hmm. And like they have a, a bit of an opportunity. Like obviously, next game is against Nashville. San Jose's coming in next week as well. Seattle. Yeah. Uh, so like there there's a couple of chances here to get some points but at this rate if the yeah if they don't this is looking at more and more like a wash of a season like which is unacceptable like already all these problems that we go back to whether you look at the fact that they have to play short a man like multiple times this season because of the salary cap uh the makeup of the defense Jack Campbell's contract, it all goes back to Ken Holland. And, you know, the further this season goes down the toilet, obviously, I'm sure we're going to have that conversation much more in depth. Uh, But again, here's hoping they can turn it around. Now, the only thing, again, we can sit here and say, like, again, the Oilers were PDO. Bad luck again today. I don't know how the streak of bad luck is continuing, but it has continued. Uh, Odds, like, you know, logically, it should it should break at some point. Back. They should be able to stretch five wins in a row against these opponents where they are putting up obscene amounts of shots and get in out chancing the teams and whatever. We should see. But again, if Scott Wedgwood and Jonathan Quick were able to shut down the other's offense, like you know, even though they are playing Nashville, um I mean Nashville's the exception. Nashville's that- the I don't know, but you move on to Seattle and you know, it could be Phil Grubauer could shut down the Oilers. Like I have, I have no idea. It's it's really, really upsetting. Now, uh, the uh, last thing that I will say is, I believe last year on American Thanksgiving, the Oilers were outside of a playoff spot. So, you know, it's a little there's early. Always, there's always stuff to panic about. Uh, I'm not going to stop panicking. That's for sure. It's nothing um, wrong with a little bit of sensationalizing, sensationalizing for just, the show. I'm just tired today. Yeah, you're right. Nothing wrong with it. And I'm well, tired. Like, hopefully, next game is going to be a good one. Like you said, uh, Oilers a love win. playing against Nashville. Hopefully, it's going to be a win. Um, it's Saturday, November fourth. It's a one p.m. Mountain Time puck drop. Uh, Zach is going to be doing that one with Shaden, yes, a regular guest Shaden. here. Right Absolutely. on. He's going to be on for the first time. And just to end it with a little bit of levity, I got uh, out of the closet here. I got 
a 2010 playbook from one of the games at Rexall back then. And there's there's a much younger, much more dapper looking Sam Gagne. Yeah, no beard. And Steve Tambellini famously said here, Sam is a key part of our organization moving forward. We are looking forward to him taking on a larger role with our club. Little did we know that would be in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's it for us, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, have a fantastic night. Zach, where can they find you? You can find me at ZWheel97 on Twitter. And Dennis, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Dennis Lee, Y-E-G. That's it. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good night.